for this opportunity to gather and we do tread on holy ground as we consider the incarnation. And so I pray that you would give us ears to hear your word. We are thankful for it. Thank you for speaking, for revealing yourself. And we pray that you would give us exactly what we need tonight, whether that's encouragement or whether that's conviction. We pray that you would provide for us in ways that we could never provide for ourselves. And we ask all this in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. I want to invite you now to turn to Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65. We're actually going to look at a couple passages, um, then I'm going to offer a few brief words for you, and then we'll, uh, we'll move to our, we'll do one more song, and then we'll have a candle lighting together just to celebrate um, before we dismiss. Isaiah 65, I'm going to be reading starting in verse 17 all the way to verse 25, and if you want to go ahead and get a head start, we're also going to be in Revelation 21. So we're going to be in Reve- Isaiah 65, and then I'm going to turn over and read Revelation 21. Isaiah 65, starting in verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands." They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. And then let's turn to Revelation 21. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. For some of us, Christmas is a really joyful time. We get to come together with family. We get some time off from work. We, we look to Jesus and his coming, and we celebrate and we rejoice. For some of us, we have to put on a smile. We have to pretend that we are joyful because in reality, we are quite sorrowful. We are sad 
Christmas is a reminder of divided families for some of us. Christmas is a reminder of loss. Christmas for some of us is a reminder of of just how much we need. Um, And then for most of us, probably everyone in this room, we experience some of both. We experience joy and we experience sorrow. But a question for you as we start here. Have you ever felt guilty for feeling sad at Christmas? Have you ever felt guilty for feeling sad at Christmas? Because, of course, we say that Christmas is all about the coming of Jesus. And if you're a Christian in this room, Jesus is our everything. And his coming determines our eternity with him. We are connected with God on the basis of Jesus' coming. So how could we possibly, reasonably, defensively be sad this time of year? Have you ever felt that way? At Christmas, we focus on what Jesus has given us with his coming. But have you ever felt guilty for being discontent even with what Jesus has given? It's a tension. It's a tension. What do we do with it? Well, we need to be reminded of the two central truths of Christmas. And we always focus on one, and we typically forget the other. There are two central truths to Christmas. The first is that Jesus has come. And the second is that Jesus is coming. We focus so much attention on the first that we forget the second. And that second truth explains and gives purpose and meaning to our discontentment and our restlessness and our groaning. So first truth, Jesus has come. The first coming of Jesus signaled the beginning of a new world and a new humanity. Many of the songs that we sang tonight communicate that. Something new has come with the birth of Jesus. We see this in a number of themes throughout the New Testament. The first is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come with Christ. He is the king of an eternal kingdom, creating new order and a new way of life. What about the theme of light? Jesus is the light of the world that has come and it shines in the shadow of this dark world that we live in. What about life? Christ has come to give us eternal life and life abundant. What about the theme of home? Christ has come to find lost sinners and to bring us home. What about freedom? With the coming of Jesus, he has set captives free from sin and the world. What about righteousness and justice? Christ has come to set all things right. What about peace? What about rest? Christ has come to reconcile us to God and to one another. He has brought us peace, and he has restored us to himself. When Jesus came, he brought us light. He brought us belonging and freedom, righteousness, justice, peace, forgiveness, redemption, restoration, love, joy, purpose. We could go on and on about all of the gifts that Christ has brought us out of the the abundance of his goodness and his grace. So how could we possibly feel sad this time of year? How could we possibly be restless and discontent? Well, because although Jesus is the light, the darkness still casts a shadow over us. Although in Jesus we have eternal life, the shadow of death hovers over us. Although in Jesus we belong to the family of God, We still wander on this earth as sojourners and pilgrims and exiles in a world that is actually not our home. 
Although in Jesus we are free, we often fail and we act as slaves to sin. And although we are counted righteous by the death of Jesus in our place on the cross, and sometimes we do participate in righting the wrongs in this world, injustice still persists like a permanent stain. Although we have peace with God and others, sometimes it just takes one text, one email, one social media post, and we're at each other's throats. And we reject the very God who has called us to himself. The first coming of Jesus has granted us so much. And for some reason, it leaves us wanting more. How could we possibly want more than what Jesus has already given us? Well, that's because we forget the rest of the story. We forget that second central truth of Christmas. The first coming of Christ is only part of his story of salvation. And this explains our restlessness. The story isn't over. We want more than what we have in Christ, and that's a good desire. It is good to desire more than what you currently have in Jesus because what we currently have is only part of what belongs to us in Jesus. The second part of the story is that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. When Jesus returns, his work will be complete. These, these truths that we read from Isaiah 65 and Revelation 21 give us a mere glimpse of what that day is going to be like when Jesus returns. When he returns, not only will he be the light, but there will be no darkness. Not only will we, will we be a part of the family of God, but we will be in our forever home. There will be no sin to deceive us back into slavery. All that is wrong with the world will be undone. All of our suffering will end. Death will be no more. There will be no more tears. Conflict will cease. And we will be at rest. Never to grow weary or restless again. Jesus has come and he's given us so much. But if you're in Christ today, whether you're a member of Chase Crossing, you're, you're a member of another church somewhere else, I'm so glad you're here tonight to hear this great truth that there is so much more in store for you when Jesus comes back. So what do we do in the meantime? Because he hasn't come back yet. And if he doesn't come back before we leave this place, what do we do? As we go home, as, as you're with your family, what do we do as we wait? Three things. First, we can genuinely rejoice in what is currently ours in Christ. Your, your joy in Jesus is not phony. It's not fake. You can have genuine joy in Jesus because the kingdom of God may be not yet, but it is already. And we currently have power over sin. And we are actually forgiven. And we can actually rest in God. And we are reconciled to God today. And we can live at peace with one another. We actually do belong to God. And we actually do belong to one another. Those are realities for us because Christ has come. We actually are already walking in eternal life. And the Spirit has come to give us life abundant. We can genuinely rejoice in all that is ours in Jesus. But here's where that tension is resolved. We can genuinely rejoice in all that Jesus has given us. But guess what else we can do? 
we can meaningfully lament what we currently lack. You can meaningfully be sorrowful in what you currently lack. Our sorrow, because of life in a fallen world, is deeply Christ-centered because what we hate and what we lament is what Jesus hates and what Jesus laments. And it's what he has come and will come again to put an end to forever. So we can genuinely rejoice, we can meaningfully lament, and finally, we can truly hope for what will be ours in Jesus. There is a day coming, as Revelation 21 foresees, where the dwelling place of God will be with man. He will dwell with us. We will be his people, and God himself will be with them will be with us as our God. He will wipe away every single tear from our eyes. And there will be no more death, and there will be no more mourning, there will be no more crying or pain, because all of those will be former things that have passed away. That is the future that awaits us, and that is why we can hope even in the midst of deep sorrow and deep pain this Christmas, if you are indeed in Christ.